0: the real meaning of Christmas. It's my prayer that we will not just do it once a year, but let's do it every day. Let Christmas be every day, every day of our lives. Like I said, it's just it's just glorious to be here this morning and uh, I know you're excited about the gifts you're going to give me. I hope you're equally excited that I cannot give you any gift <laughs> because you know this week has been this past two weeks have really been really tough for me. I've been like sick the whole two weeks and I've been trying to find the glory in Christmas and it was really tough but you know as as good God is and as sovereign God is, he finds a way to thrill me and to reveal to me that god is indeed glorious you know when you see when you see something like this the universe what do you say aside from wow awesome you know that is the glory of god and this morning i would like to talk about christmas being the glory of God revealed. And I put the word, I put I put the question mark there because many people, in spite of the glory of God being all over the place, still miss it. I mean, when we look at the stars, when we look at the baby born, you know, to a family, a new, like Mike, you know, has a new baby, right? You know, I thank God Mike, she doesn't look like you, okay? Right? But it's glorious, right? It's still glorious. But people people do not still see. You know, in spite of the glory of God revealed everywhere, people still miss it. And it's my prayer for us this morning that, you know, we will see the glory of God. And God has been revealing that to us over and over again. And the problem is just with us. We keep missing it. We don't see it in spite of it revealed. Shall we stand to look at scriptures this morning? Look to 8 and following. The actual Christmas recounted. Let's just remember the story. Let's read it together. In the same region... it's amazing. Uh, it says there, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The shepherds, right? And what happened to them? They were terribly frightened. There's something about the glory of God that frightens you. There's something about the, the, the glory of God that, that shakes everything within you. And you know, it's, I, I, I was just flabbergasted to see that here's God being born, and they were frightened. In spite of the good news, right there, The good news is there. And if we read on the story, for today, in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. <clears throat> Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. And then, in Isaiah 40, Christmas was prophesied. This was like 700 years before Christ came. And I want you to see the beauty of the word of God. It starts with comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Read it, please. A voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low. Look at verse 5. It says, then the glory of the Lord. Will be revealed. This was a prophecy. And then in Hebrews 1 1 to 3, the Christmas interpreted when actually it came to pass already. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, and in these last days He has spoken to us and His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world. And He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of his nature. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are glorious. Everything about you and everything around you, everything that you are, have touched, have made, have created, they are glorious. Help us to see that, Lord. Your son is glorious. Help us to see, Lord, that we, your creation, are also glorious. Father, reveal to us the glory of Christmas this morning. And Lord, may this revelation forever impress upon us the need to seek you, to look for you and your glory forever. We commit this time to you, Father. Help us see the real meaning of Christmas in your Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We want to rediscover Christmas. Okay, so as I, as I shared with you two weeks ago, if, if we just strip Christmas of all of its trappings, what will remain? Remove the gifts. Okay, of course, don't forget to give one another the gift. The Christmas tree, Santa Claus, the lights. You know what will come out? What will be left is this. The simplicity of God becoming man to be with man. Can you imagine that? The glorious God, as glorious as he is, becoming man to be with us. That's the simplicity and the beauty of Christmas. It's all about God's presence and of God's glory. Amen? That's all there is. And this morning, I want to talk about the glory of God. Christmas is all about the glory of God revealed. And like I said, and like I prayed, I hope that this will come out very clear right before us this morning that when we walk out of there, we will be different people. What does the glory of God mean? What is it exactly? Glorious. What does it mean? And why is that important to us people? The glory of God. What does it mean? Why is it important? You know why? If you do not understand the glory of God, look at me. You will look for somebody else's glory. It will not be God. It will be somebody else. And that's going to be trouble. That's why I want us to focus on the glory of God. Know about it exactly and what? why is it important to us? The heavens declare the glory of God, right? Just look at the heavens. It will declare the glory of God. In fact, not, not, not only the heavens. Look at all creation. Just look around you. Go to the Grand Canyon. Look at, you know, this morning I was standing out, out there. I was all myself trying to pray because I, I wouldn't know if I'll be able to stand up here and be able to sustain the power to be able to speak to you guys because I'm sick. And when I look at the clouds and I look at the sky, I was just flabbergasted by the glory of God. Step right out there, you will see the cloud. And the cloud, you know, covering the mountains. And I see the cloud all over and I see God all over. That's the glory of God and all creation declares it. You know, Webster defines glory as this. Number one, it says, adoring praise or worshipful thanksgiving. Get that? It's, it's like saying, give glory to God. That's, that's adoring praise and worshipful thanksgiving, isn't it? Worshiping him and giving him thanks for his what? Greatness. Because God is great. And then the second one is this. Resplendent beauty or magnificence. God is resplendent in his beauty. God is resplendent in his magnificence and his greatness. Like glory of autumn The glory of the heavens. Something like that. That's how Webster defines it. That's how Webster defines it. Now, with the help of that definition, let's take a look at what glory is to God now, shall we? Glory of God. Inherent, resplendent, beauty, and magnificence. I want you to picture that. Inherent, resplendent, beauty, and magnificence. Glory to God. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to make you understand and define what the glory of God is. Okay, let me help you. Glory is to God as brightness is to the sun. Did you get that? If the sun is bright, what makes the sun, sun? It's brightness, right? What makes God, God? His glory. His glory. Glory is to God as wetness is to water. Wow. That's very clear, isn't it? Glory is to God as heat is to fire. That is glory. And I want you to picture it. Now, the question is this What is bright, wet, or hot about God that will make God God? I'm giving you a quiz. Very simple. The answer His glory. His glory which shows whenever and wherever He is present. Is God here today? He. This place is glorious, isn't it? But you cannot see it and you cannot feel it because you have not developed the eyes for it. And my prayer for you this morning is that you will have those eyes that will see the glory of God. The glory of God is described in scriptures. All over scriptures. And I don't want you to miss it. The glory of God is described in scriptures. In Exodus 33, 9 to 11, Moses is my favorite. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. Can you imagine this guy Moses? God is speaking to him. You know, was, did Moses see the glory of God right there? Of course. If you hear the word of God, Moses. Hey, Moses. You know, you, you, you'd, you'd be thrilled and you'd see right away the glory of God. And then verse 10, when all the people saw the pillar of clouds standing at the entrance of the tent and all the people would rise and worship. Why do you think the people would arise and worship? Because they see the presence of God. And there is something about the presence of God. What happened to the shepherds? They were terrified, right? And what happens to these people every time the cloud descends? They would rise and worship. You know, are we are we kind of getting that? You know, we we're so used to to just coming to church, sitting down, singing, and everything, and we actually miss seeing the glory of God, and we actually miss standing up, arising, and worship. Don't we? Or at times we're not even frightened. We don't even we're not even struck with awe. There is something missing, isn't it? Whereas these people, they just stood up and worshipped each at the entrance of his tent. Verse 11, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, look at this, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Why do you think this guy would never leave tent in spite of the fact that Moses already left? You know why? Because he wanted to bask in the glory of God. He was enjoying it. You know, I, I can only picture it this way. What, what is so fantastic about the cloud? You know, but I don't know with you, but I, I I have been praying to God that, Lord, would you give me the eyes to be able to see you as those people saw you? They They could see the inherent, resplendent beauty and magnificence and the greatness of God in that cloud as that cloud was probably moving and showing itself, wasn't it? There was something about it. Scripture is very clear that whenever a cloud comes, whenever a wind comes, whenever a storm comes, whenever a fire comes, there is God. You know, there's another picture. When they finished, when when Moses finished the tabernacle, verse 33, he erected the court all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the veil for the gateway of the court. Thus Moses finished the work. Then, The cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You see that? You know, every time God is present, His glory fills the place. That's the glory of God. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Something like this. Look at that. How, How glorious and magnificent is that? If you were there, and there were rumbling, you know, Paula, won't you, won't you be excited too? And won't you say, wow, wow, this is God. And I will never, ever want to leave this place because the beauty and the glory of God is just a spectacle to me. My question to us is, do we see this? Do we see this happening in our midst? Do we see this every day of our lives? You know, I submit to you, if we don't, we need to repent and start seeing the glory of God. There is something we're missing right here, right now. The glory of God. God's glory is essentially His divine presence. The Jews call it Shekinah. Shekinah glory. Okay? Um, Shekinah glory. It is God's presence. Excuse me, guys. Pray for me. I'm sorry. Uh, God's presence, God's glory guided and led his people by night, pillar of clouds. That's the way it was. That's God's glory. It was God's glory or God's presence that fed his people manna every day when they were in the desert. If you were there and every time you come up in the morning, Charles, manna from heaven will fall. What would you say? The glory of God. Right? Won't you be excited with God? If of course, as, as the people were, they got so tired of manna, they started grumbling. Like many of us. We have, we have so much, the blessings of God and the glory of God all around us that in spite of the blessing we all have, what do we do? We complain. Pansit na naman. every time i go to the bible study it's just my luck every time i go to the bible study it's just pansit you know every time i miss the bible study the stake come out okay and instead of glorifying god i complain you know what did god do his glory showed once more they wanted meat okay you know what god did he showered them with what quails right and you know at that point they were glorifying god because god's presence Awesome, might, and greatness was there. And then after that, they forget all all of a sudden who God is. Typical as we are. Folks, I want you to see the pattern of the people. Every time God reveals his glory, we see, then we forget. We see, then we forget. You know what? We shortchange ourselves. If we don't see the glory of God in the small things that are around us, look at me, you're shortchanging yourself and you're not experiencing the beauty and the greatness of the Christian life. We need to see the greatness of God in very small things around us. All you have to do is to open your eyes. When you wake up in the morning and you see that lovely lady who slept with you, your wife, okay, who slept with you, and then you wake up and you see, wow, how beautiful this woman is, okay? That's the glory of God, isn't it? Right? Kahit merong buta sa tabi yun, okay lang. Right? And we begin to see how beautiful God is. Shekinah. Shekinah means He caused to dwell. Shekinah glory. God caused to dwell. Divine presence. It is both simple and mysterious. You know, God, God is just, God has a sense of humor. He knows our capacity to understand. Right, Bong? That's why he said, you know what? I, I will make it simple for Bong and all of these people. I'll just make it like a cloud, right? Because if I make it complicated, man, you'll freak out, right? I'll make it like a pillar of cloud. I'll make it like manna. I'll make it like quails coming, just dropping, and then, you know, simple things. Those are simple things. But you know what? The Bible speaks about mysterious things about the glory of God. Guys, your eyes, your mind, your heart haven't seen anything yet is what I'm saying, okay? Okay? Here's an example. In the Bible, it talks about the mysterious presence or the glory of God. It's found in Ezekiel. Trust me. Okay? Trust me. It talks about the glory of God. And I would like to ask a talented people in this group, okay, maybe Joel, okay? Joel, I'd like you to get a piece of paper, and then you try to draw what we will read, what the scripture will say, okay? Who else is a good, uh, talented uh, art graphic uh, designer here, okay? George? Oh, okay. You know, I, I, want you, I, want you, I want you the best, the best illustrator, okay? I want you to follow what the scriptures will say and describe to us. Michael? Michael? All right. Are you ready? I'm serious. Get a piece of paper and draw it again and show it to us later, okay? These are the best illustrator that we have here. And I want you you to picture what Ezekiel was describing when he saw the glory of God. Okay? Let's start. Ezekiel 1.4. As I looked, behold, a storm was coming from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually, and a bright light around it. And in its midst, something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. Within it, there were figures resembling four living beings. Are you drawing it? And this was their appearance. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. Clear, huh? Their legs were straight. Their feet were like calf's hoof. And they gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, were human hands. And as for their faces and wings of the four of them, their wings touched one another. Mike, their faces did not turn when they moved. Each went straight forward. As for the form of their faces, each had the face of a man, four had the face of a lion, on the right and on the face of a bull, on the left. And all four had the face of an eagle. Joel, pakitan nyo ng drawing nyo? Show it to them. Huh? Lalo mo silang ginulo, no? Mike, show, show it to them. Did you understand anything? Guys, I will continue. I will continue. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out above. Each had two touching other, another being and two covering their bodies. Each went straight forward. Wherever the spirit was about to go, they would go without turning as they went. In the midst of the living beings, there was something that looked like burning coals of fire, like torches darting back and forth. Among the living beings, the fire was bright. The lightning was flashing from the fire. And the living beings ran to and fro like bol- lightning bolts. Right? Can you describe this? You know, you know, the rendition of the best artist was something like this. chikaina glory of God. Mike, any, any, anywhere near? Would you want me to Continue. Would you want me to continue? Or say, parang awa mo na, please tamana. Right? Tamana. Okay? I could have I could have read this to you in French. You know I'm fluent in French? Okay. Uh, I, I discovered that French and Kapampangan are no different. Okay. Alright? You know, I could have read it to you. Uh nyangakaki taong gagalo. Okay? See what I'm saying? You know, I could, have, I could have just described it to you in You know, I, I could have expressed it to you in any different way that you understand and you would not have understood it at all. Because such is the glory of God. We cannot comprehend it. It's so mysterious. But you know what? God wants us to know it. Just the same. You want me to continue? It's still, it's still halfway. I want to... Siguro, tama na. Tama na, please. Tama na. Tama na. You know, God knows our capacity. And even if I speak French or Kapampangan or Bisaya here, you, I will still never do justice to the way I can describe the glory of God because it's just so grand and so mysterious and so beyond me. I can never describe it. So the question is this How then can finite, puny man like you and me understand and see the glory of God? If he does not reveal himself to us. You understand what I'm saying? Hebrews 1 God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son in whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And look at this. He, who is he? Jesus. Jesus is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. What we cannot draw, what we cannot describe, what we cannot utter in words, you know what? God made clear in Jesus You see Jesus. You can almost touch Jesus and feel Jesus. And God, that is his radiance. And that's why he was very clear. I need to make these people understand my glory. And my glory I will put in my son. That's what God did. 700 plus years earlier, Isaiah prophesied the coming of the Messiah. And he described this as this. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Christmas has been prophesied. The Messiah should come. God's agenda is very simple. In this world, he created people like us so that he can redeem us for his purpose. And that purpose is his his glory. And the only way he can redeem us is he had to become man like us. And that's why he sent his son for us to be able to comprehend what it means to have a God around us. People call it Christmas. Isaiah calls it the glory of God revealed. I'm sorry. Pastor in song last week said the search is over. Remember? People were searching and the search is over. That was 2,000, almost 20,000, 13 years ago, Jesus came. And then we declare that the search is over. But I submit to you, let's not stop. The search has been over, but the glory of the one found needs to be seen and needs to be sought after. You know, I don't want us to celebrate Christmas every Christmas and sing and give gifts and that's it. <coughs> I hope not. What I want us to do is to see that there is is that one that we have found and he continues to show us his glory and we need to see that and to continue to seek after that all the days of our lives. And that to me is the essence of our Christian living. When we try to see the glory of God and seek it after more than our own very lives. Why? Why am I asking us to do this? Let me challenge you with this question. What happens to people who see the glory of God? Have you seen the glory of God? Don't answer. Maybe you might be embarrassed to say it. But for those of you who have seen the glory of God, praise God for you. Because I know something happened to you. But for those of you who are just being faced with this question for the first time, and you don't know what will happen to people who see the glory of God, This question is for you because perhaps you're missing something in your Christian life too. What happens to people who see the glory of God? Number one, they want more of it. Wow. Wow. Did you see that? Did you see that? I want more of that. Lord, some more. If you don't see it, you won't ask for it. In fact, you keep missing it. You keep grumbling. Where is God all this time? Duh! He's been there! And you just don't see it. But when you see it, you want more of it. That's what will happen to you. Then what happens when they see more of the glory of God? You want more of it? And then you see more of it? What happens to you? I submit to you, something will happen to you. Like Moses. The first time he saw the glory of God is in the burning bush. Right? Right? Two characters that I will share with you today. Moses, and the other one is Elijah. You know the prophet Elijah? He was face-to-face with the prophets of Baal, right? And he, what? He embarrassed all of them, okay? Showing that all the prophets of Baal are useless, and only the God of Israel can do and burn that sacrifice that's being offered at the altar, right? Right? And these two people saw the glory of God. Let's start with Moses. He saw the burning bush, and you know what did he say? Lord, I want more. I want more. And I pray that that is going to be our prayer also this morning. Like Moses, I want more. That's why when he was in the mountain, when the tablets of stone were given to him, the commandments, and God revealed himself to him, what did he say? Lord, I want more. I want more. Numbers 33, he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. God talking to Moses. Then he said to him, Moses said, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? Then the Lord said to Moses, Look at this. I will also do this thing which you have spoken of, For you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. How special is Moses? God knows him by name. And he has found favor in the eyes of God. Then Moses said, look at what Moses said. I pray, show me your glory. why 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 is Moses saying that? Hasn't Moses seen the glory of God? He has, right? And what's he asking for? asking for more. I mean, it's amazing how this guy who has seen the glory of God keeps asking for more. And here we are. We see the glory of God every day of our lives. In our salvation. In our families. In our good life in America. Every time I look at TFC and look at Typhoon Pablo in Manila, I say, God, you're so good. You brought us here, safe and sound. We take it for granted. And worse, we don't ask for more. And here is Moses asking for more. And you know, what, what happened? God gave him. God showed him his glory even from behind. Elijah. Elijah. Elijah was zealous for the Lord. Elijah. Then Elijah came there to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. He was in danger, that's why. And he said, For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I am alone left, and they seek my life to take it away. He was being sought by Jezebel, the queen, to be destroyed together with all the prophets of God. And he was scared. And then what did he say? Lord, I have been very zealous for you. I need your help. You know, when he has seen the glory of God, the prior to that, when all of the prophets of Baal were destroyed, right? And here he is, zealous for God, as if, as if God was not there, but he is still very zealous for God. So he said, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by and a great and strong wind was rending the mountain, breaking it in pieces, breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle whisper. And then Elijah heard it wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, the voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What does that mean? The Lord was there, and the glory of God was there. You know, if you seek, if you see the glory of God, and then you ask for it, will God turn you down? Will God turn you down? No. He will reply and reveal more of his glory to you. What happens to people when they see who see and seek the glory of God, number one, they are changed. Say that, they are changed. Number two, God's glory is reflected in them. They are changed. God's glory is reflected in them. And three, great and mighty things happen in their midst. Exciting, isn't it? You know, when when Moses went down, His face was radiant, wasn't it? And then he started to see miracles upon miracles of God's deliverance of these people. Why? Because he was seeking the glory of God, and when he saw the glory of God, he was changed, and great and mighty things start to happen in the very midst of the people seeking the glory of God. Once you taste it, you want more of it, and more of it, and more of it, and more of it, believe me. But until you taste it, you will never, never ask for it. Or perhaps you have not seen it. Unique things happened to them. In fact, they departed earthly life in a unique fashion. You know, I was I was just I was just floored when I was trying to study this. You know, this 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 Elijah, how was he taken? He didn't die. He was taken by chariots of fire. You know, God took him. Let's go. Okay, he never experienced death. Huh? And you know what happened to Moses too? You think Moses died, right? Yeah, he did. That's what the scripture said. You know, in, in Deuteronomy 34, verse 5, it says, So Moses, the Lord's servant, died there in the land of Moab, as the Lord has said he would. But look at the next verse. The Lord buried him in a valley in Moab, opposite the town of Bethpeor. But to this day, no one knows the exact place of his burial. You know, the people who see the glory of God and experience the glory of God revealed, something special happened to them. They never experienced the kind of death that most people experience. You know, probably God said he died, but you know what? I think God took him too. And you know, very interesting thing. Look at this. Guess who were present in the transfigured or glorified Christ in the mountain? Who? And who? Moses and Elijah. The two of them. Why the two of them? Huh? Uniquely, the two people who were seeking the glory of God and who were changed by the glory of God, who had experienced the glory of God big time. The two of them. And you know what? It was also the point where Jesus was glorified in that mountain in Matthew chapter 17. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. In other words, Jesus was changed. Jesus was glorified before whom? Peter, James, and John. Right? And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And look at this, behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. You know, in Matthew 16, Jesus was asking his disciples, uh, his disciples, hey, who who do people say I am? And what did the disciples say? Oh, they, they, they say you're John the Baptist. Oh, they say you're Jeremiah. Oh, they say you're Elijah. And then he, he looked straight at, his, at Peter. Peter, who do you say I am? You know what Peter said? Peter understood who Jesus is. He said, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. This was in Matthew 16. Remember, if if it happened in Matthew 18, then it's easy for Peter to say, you are the Son of the living God because he saw Jesus transfigured, right? But in Matthew 16, he hasn't seen Jesus transfigured. And here is Peter saying, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And you know what Jesus said to him? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but that was revealed to you, but my Father in heaven. Wow. And you can imagine this Peter and and James and John, these three people who showed the glory of God, believe me, these people were never the same. They were never the same when they started moving back to their normal life. My question is this. Do this still happen in this present day? You think? Hello? Louder, please. Yes! Yes. The problem is we don't have eyes to see it. We close our eyes to it or we're so busy looking at the glory of somebody else. Yourself? Your job? The beauty of America? We fail to see the glory of God around us. and that's why don't be surprised. We remain as we are, unchanged. If you want to change and be changed forever, conform to the glory of God, open your eyes. What happens to people who see and who seek and see, The glory of God. The glory of God who is Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah these days. What will happen to you if you seek Jesus as God? Believe me, you will be invariably changed. Just like Moses. Just like Elijah. Just like Peter, James, and John. Just like the rest of the people who have been changed invariably. The glory of God will be reflected in your face and in your life so clearly people will see that he's a man of God because the glory of God is all over him. Unique miracles. Hey, listen to this. Unique miracles, however small and subtle, do happen in their midst because they believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? They taste God's presence, God's glory, long for it, and ask for more and more and more. And if we do that, I don't know with you, you can be another Elijah or you can be another Moses. That's possible, right? Say amen. Amen. That's possible. And all we have to do is to see the glory of God. The glory of God is God's presence. The glory of God is God's presence in our lives. And you know what? It has wonderful effects on ordinary human beings like you and me. Let me speak of my experience. I have seen the glory of God. And I can cry before you here because I've seen the glory of God. I've been sick for the past two weeks. You know what it means to be sick in the past two weeks? You feel helpless you feel like the world is just coming on you and then at the same time your job your your wife loses her job isn't that isn't that like the world is crumbling but you know what if you see the glory of god that is nothing i was preparing this message while i was coughing while i was sneezing and while i was chilling and I was still thinking of what God what will you impress upon me? And you know as I was thinking about it he flashed back to me. He said, haven't I seen you my glory just this year? October of 2011 when I went to the catalyst in Atlanta. I I just went there because Pastor Peter told me to be there and I wanted the free lunch, the free dinner and the free everything free, okay? I just wanted I just wanted to get by so that he will not get mad with me. I went. But you know, in that conference, I saw the glory of God. I saw God speaking to me. I am sure Pastor In Song, you know, he saw that too. He said, you know, take care of the young people. The young people are the hope of the church. You know, you are gone. Okay, you're old. Okay? Stop focusing on yourself. Focus on the young people. So I got that burden. And I said, Lord, if that's what you want, okay, show me your glory. Okay? I want you to make people at the church. We were still very small then in Raymond. Remember? Right? I want you to show me your glory by raising up someone who will take care of the young people. And then, Lord, sana, speak to my children too so that they will have the burden. That was October of 2011. And the week after that, you know, Pastor Reggie, not knowing what happened, came to me. Pastor Dan, I have the burden for the young people. I want to help and challenge the young people. Isn't that the glory of God revealed? And then in the car, while while my son picked me up, I told you this story already. And and uh, and, uh, and I said I asked my son out of the blue you know Dion was the one driving okay of course nakasimangot pa etc etc okay I ko Dion how are you do you like to be a pastor you know I was asking for the worst right and you know what he said yeah actually I like to be but I'm just afraid wow you know what I'm, what, what am I trying to tell you god started to reveal himself To me already in a very glorious way. And then in January of twenty twelve, you know, I heard the news that just early this year my mom was not feeling well and it's her birthday. And my my sister told me, you better come home because you know it might be her last birthday. I said, No, can't be. She's very strong. It's okay, just come back. Just come. No, I don't like Mahal mahal, Mahale. No, just come. You know, so my wife told me, "Yeah, maybe you should go." So I went there January. Remember, I just went there to the party. It was an ordinary party. I said, "You know, party, party, party." And then I was, I was, uh, I was, I was in a in a golf course uh, after the party. Pastor Peter saw me, "Okay, what are you doing here?" Okay, I said, "You, what are you doing here?" Okay, I'm playing golf. No, here in Manila, what are you doing here? No, my mom, etc. Good, I think God brought you here because it is the intimacy with God series with Pastor um, Desmond uh, Edmund Chan. Oh yeah, I was planning about it. I will go. I wasn't even planning about it. Okay, so God brought me there, and there again, God spoke to me. You know, God was revealing Himself one step at a time to show me His glory. And all I had to do is to open my eyes and begin to see that he was really there in those very small things. And then after that, I said, Lord, okay, show me more. And then, you know, uh, when I get back, I I will try to convince the people that we will do an intimacy with God series with the leadership. Of course, the immediate reaction was, oh, we will, I think we're, changing too fast, too soon. Why why don't you just take a look at this first? I asked the leadership. And then we went to to Santa Clarita. We had stayed there in the house of um, Edwin, and then we went through the series together with the leadership, and the rest was history. Pastor Song got saved there, I think, or something like that. (laughs) And I got saved there too, you know. Believe me, we thought that we were strong spiritually, but we were just simple puny men, helpless as we are without the glory of God. And then God told us to start the series on intimacy, and there, it was there that I started to develop, okay, that I started to develop the eye for seeing the glory of God happen right before my eyes. Okay? And ever since, like I said, I developed an eye to see God's presence in everything. I mean everything that happens all around me, good and bad. Which I know will work together for good for those who love Him. You know, November, April, April 12, April to June 2012, remember we were wandering from one place to another? Remember? We were jumping from one place to another. We didn't know where to go until God brought us here in July of 2012. You know, I was watching the hand of God move. And believe me, you know, you don't have to believe me. As far as I'm concerned, I am just thrilled by the way God has been moving in my life. And, you know, like I said, big and small things. In, in September, all of a sudden, somebody came to our house, you know, and said, uh, uh, somebody knocked at our house and said, you know, uh, we have a solar thing that we want to put in your house. Solar? I said, wow. Uh, how much? No, it's free. So I said, wow, free? Uh, all you've got to do is to do this, do that. Yeah, so I said, okay, put it. As they were putting it, as they were describing it, I was, I was thrilled by the idea. I said, Lord, I have been talking to this group of, of, of green energy and I wanted to bring it to the Philippines. And here you are, letting somebody knock on my door, put a real solar on my roof. For what? So I asked myself, what? Well. Siguro, kasi you don't have money to pay for the electric bill anymore. So that's why God gave me the solar. No, but I was asking God, Lord, what? So I just kept quiet. And then, you know, weeks after, I started to develop this interest for this project. Right? I I just started to explore it, and then all of a sudden, God was revealing to me many things already about this project. I, I wanted to share this with you, not for the project. I wanted to share this with you because I started to see I started to develop an eye to see the glory of God in my life. Whether you believe it or not, you cannot take it away from me because that to me is the glory of God revealed. Amen? You know, I can see it. I can see it. He he was trying to lead me somewhere. That was September, October, November. And then in November, I went into the project. I looked at it, et cetera, et cetera. And they started showing me, before you can bring this to the Philippines, they said, you know, you have to know how to do the business here. I said, okay, fine. And then, you know what? They told me hard things. I wanted to do it, but I'll bring it to the Philippines straight. They wanted me to do it here. I said, Lord, you want me to knock on houses? They wanted me to knock on houses, right? And you know, I said, Lord, do you want me to do this? And he said, yeah. Okay, if you want me to do this, make me successful, I said. You know, so I prayed. On my first day, they trained me how to knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Okay. Solar. Solar who? Okay. Etcetera, etcetera. Okay. You know, it was very funny. But you know, <clears throat> I said, I can't do this. I'm too old. Lord, alam mo ba kung ano ako sa Pilipinas noon? Ayabang ko pa. Ngayon pa pa door to door mo ako. Lord naman. No, sabi ko, di bali, sige. Just do it. Okay. Lord, show me your glory. I said, show me your glory. You know? First knock, funny, I fumbled. Second knock, third knock, fourth knock, I got one deal. Fourth knock, right? I had no idea what was happening with the company. I just I just followed, I just did what I'm supposed to do, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, on my first week, I was I was I was in a meeting and they told me I achieved the records of all records in that company. Come on, guys, give God the glory. Seriously, you know, and then they gave me a check. Oh, yeah, because you broke the records and you showed to these people, these young guys, that you, an old folk, can do something. In my heart, I said, no way. My God did it because God is glorious, okay? And that's what I'm telling you. And then, you know, I, I, I was so close. Now, at this point in time, I, I was doing so well, and I was telling God, Lord, so, no, you will, you will do this for me. I said. He said, "Yes, okay." And then I was uh, last week, last week, or two weeks ago, okay. I was, I was, I, I, I am two two points away from hitting the biggest bonus that the company has to offer. I'm two points away, okay. I got sick. Okay, so I couldn't do anything, right? And so I, I'm suspended, right? And so I was telling God, "No, what are you doing? You know, you can, you're making me sick. I am two two points away from that, and everybody's telling me." Danny, you're two points away. How can I? I'm sick. I cannot even go out. I'm chilling, right? You know, God made me stay in my home for the past two weeks, looking at that two points, so close, but yet too far, (laughs) okay? And then that very Monday, my wife said she lost her job, okay? And I was sick. She lost her job. And what was I telling myself? I think you want me to work already, huh? Okay? And I said, Lord, okay, if you want me to work, make me me well now, 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 now. Okay? God did not make me well. I wanted to put on my jacket and do those two remaining things because I want that glory, okay? The glory for myself, probably not for God. He did not allow me, okay? He said, no, sit, finish your message. Okay, so I was snipping and coughing and doing my message, and i still thinking, (coughs) medicine, medicine, strong. Nothing happened. I got sick. The following day, my wife and I were having breakfast, and I was still very sick, and I asked her, honey, are you okay? Yeah, are you? <laughs> I'm not. I said, why are you okay? Well, I lost my job, but, you know, God has plans for me. Wow, talk about a godly woman, huh? And, you know, I kept quiet. I prayed. I was still thinking of those two. <laughs> because my, job lo- my wife lost her job, and that money will help, right? I mean, you know. My, my stupid self, you know, not seeing the glory of God, okay? I, I just said, Lord, okay, I will not work anymore because I know I'm sick. I'm just going to do the message. Forgive me. Forgive me. But I know you will take care of me even when I'm sick and even when I am not doing anything for you. I was quiet. My wife was like reading and she was smiling. And then, When I said that, text. Okay? One deal came through. I said, God, how can I not serve you? How can I not serve you? I told that to my wife. Grace, look how good God is. I was thinking of those two. He had it right in his heart. He had it right in his agenda, and he gave it to me even if I did not have to work because he wanted to show me his glory because God is good. I was so ashamed of myself, and I simply understood what it means to see God in small things and big things. And you are not far from me, guys. God is all around you and all you need to see, all you need to see is his presence. So my point is this. What is the glory, resplendent, beauty, magnificence of God? And why is that revealed in Jesus? When something great and close to miraculous comes to pass, what do you usually say? What do you say when something great happened? Boom. Praise the Lord, right? Glory to God, right? That's what you say. You know, praise the Lord. PTL. Glory to God. You know, we we, we easily say it, but we don't even understand what it means. And this time, when I when when you say glory to God, I want you to understand what it means. Okay? That God is present. God is so present, even in your small and big things, he does not forget your situation, and he's there ready to meet you at your hour of need. Amen? That's the glory of God. When someone gets cured of terminal cancer medicine that could not be cured, what do you say? Glory to God, right? You know? When, when a couple becomes pregnant with child, when medical science says no, Philippe, what do you say? Glory to God. That's the glory of God. When curly hair appears on top of the shiny runway tops of Boogie, Hill, Dennis, and Francis, what do you say? (laughs) Glory to God, right? My goodness. (laughs) You know, the small things, believe me, they can happen. And when, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help put Boogie Dennis. Where is Dennis? Dennis is not here. Dennis is not here, right? Okay, so he's beginning to lose his hair too, okay? You know, when you see the beautiful flower, you know, if God can create a flower bloom, can he not meet your need at that present time? He can, and that's the glory of God. When God can make something germinate out of a seed, that has died to become something. Can he not make something out of your wreck and out of your troubles that you're going through? He can. And that's the glory of God because he is present. Colossians 2.9, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And I'd like, I'd like to, to summarize Christmas as in Jesus it's Christmas. It's God's presence when power is made manifest. Okay? When power is made manifest, when the spiritually dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the hurting healed, the troubled peaceful, the desperate hope. You can see yourself in this array of people, don't you? Right? And when God can fix it, that is God's presence and God's power, and that is God's glory. That is the glory of God made manifest and revealed, And that to me, folks, is Christmas, and it can be Christmas every day, the glory of God. When the spiritually dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the hurting healed, the desperate hope. Tell me, guys, would we have a better world, you think? Come on, guys, would we have a better world? I think so. Failure to see the glory of God, this is my warning. Failure to see the glory of God results in seeing something else. And this is where the danger lies. That there is no God, number one. Okay? That you begin to feel like, you know, I've been talking about God, going to the Bible study, but I never see God, therefore my conclusion is He doesn't exist. That's the danger. And I hope you're not there yet. That the God of the Bible is a joke. I don't see it. If you do, Good for you. For me, nada. And I don't care. You can have your God. I don't have to have mine. To believe in such a God is foolish because he doesn't exist. If you fail to see the glory of God, this is what's going to happen. To believe in some other gods or even yourself. Wow. You know, there is this guy, Richard Dawkins. And I want to show you a video. He wrote a book, a bestseller, The God Delusion. All right? And in his book, 2006, The God Delusion, Dawkins contends that a supernatural creator almost certainly does not exist and that religious faith is a delusion. Fixed false belief, he said. As of January 2010, the English language version had sold more than 2 million copies and going strong, translated in 31 languages. See what happens? if people don't believe in the glory of God. Look at the video.
1: Hello, Professor Dawkins, how are you? I'm Ben Stein, I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. How are you? Fine, thank you. You have, uh, you have written that uh, God is a psychotic delinquent invented by mad, deluded people. No, I didn't say quite that. I said something
2: rather better than that. Oh,
1: well, please tell us what you said. Please tell us what Um, you said. uh, Well, I would have to read it from
2: from, from the book. No, please. The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Jealous and proud of it. A petty, unjust, unforgiving control freak. A vindictive, bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser. A misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, filicidal, pestilential megalomaniacal sadomasochistic capriciously malevolent
1: bully so that's what you think of god yeah how about how about if people believed in a god of infinite lovingness and kindness and forgiveness and generosity sort of like the modern day god why spoil it for them oh um Why not just let them have their fun and enjoy it? I mean, I don't want to spoil anything
2: for anybody. I I write a book. People can read it if if they want to. Um, I believe that it is a liberating thing to free yourself from primitive
1: superstition. So religion is a primitive superstition? Oh, I I think it is, yes. So uh, you believe it's liberating to uh, tell people that there is no God? I think a lot of people, when they give up God, feel a great sense of release uh, and freedom. Why do you think that? I mean, what's your well, dad What's your scientist? What's your dad? I think,
2: well, I've had a lot of, of letters saying that. and I've... There are
1: 8 billion people in the
2: world, yeah, Dr. Yeah, Dawkins. Know, know. How many letters yeah. have you had? No, I haven't, I haven't done that. That's quite quite true.
1: Professor Dawkins seemed so convinced that God doesn't exist that I wondered if he would be willing to put a number on it well it's hard to put a figure on it but but i i i mean
2: i put it on something like you know 99 percent against or something well how
1: do you know it's 99 i don't against, say in that 97 no i did
2: you asked me to put a figure on it and i it, i'm not comfortable putting a figure on it i think it's i i just think it's very unlikely
1: what but you couldn't put a number on it? no of course not no. so it, it could would be 49 percent.
2: well i it would be i mean i i think it's 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 unlikely but but i but and it's quite far from 50 percent how do you know i don't know i mean i i
1: I put an argument in the book well then who did create the heavens and the earth
2: why do you use the word who you see you, you you immediately beg the question by using the word who
1: well then how did it get
2: created well um by a very slow process well how did it start nobody knows how how it started we know the kind of event that it must have been we know the sort of event that that must have happened for the origin of life what was that it was the origin of the first self-replicating molecule right how did
1: that happen i told you we don't know so you have no idea how it started no 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 has anybody nor has anyone else what do you think is the possibility that there that intelligent design might turn out to be uh, the answer to some issues in uh, genetics or in in evolution? It could come about in the following
2: way. It could be that uh, at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization evolved by probably some kind of Darwinian means to a very, very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they seeded onto perhaps this, this planet. Um, now, th- that is a possibility and a, an a intriguing possibility. Mm. And I suppose it's possible that you might find evidence for that. If you look at the, um, at the detail, details of biochemistry molecular biology, you might find a signature
1: of some sort of designer. Wait a second. Richard Dawkins thought intelligent design might be a legitimate pursuit? Um, and that designer
2: could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. Well, but uh, that uh, higher intelligence would itself have had to have come about by some explicable or ultimately explicable process. It couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously. That's the point.
1: So Professor Dawkins was not against intelligent design, just certain types of designers, such as God. So the, the Hebrew God, the God of the Old Testament, he doesn't exist in your view. Um uh, Certainly, I mean, that would be a very unpleasant prospect. And uh, the trend, Holy Trinity of the no. New Testament? nothing, that doesn't nothing like that. Do you believe in any of the uh, Hindu gods? Like Vishnu? How can or... you ask such a question? You don't, I mean, how, right? how could I? I mean, what, why in...
2: would I, given that I don't believe in any others?
1: You don't believe in the Muslim god? No. I and mean, why do you even need to ask? Well, I just wanted to be sure. So you don't believe in any god anywhere? Any god anywhere would be completely incompatible. With, with with, anything that I've said. in, in I, I, assume. Yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure you don't okay. believe in any God anywhere. No. What if, you, if after you died, you ran into God? He said, what have you been doing, Richard? I mean, what have you been doing? I've been trying well, to be nice to you. Yep. I gave you a multi-million dollar paycheck yep. over and over again with your book, and look what you did. Bertrand Russell was had that point
2: put to him, and he said um, something like, sir, why did you take such pains to hide yourself?
1: But.
0: You know, it, it wasn't like that when I was watching it. Apparently, somebody doesn't want you to see it, okay? And, um, and the point of the film was that here is a guy who does not believe in God and wrote a book, okay? Okay. <clears throat> and in the, in the end of that clip, the guy, Dawkins, he was asked the question, what do you think God will say if, you know, you appeared and God said to you, what have you done, Dawkins? I've given you millions of dollars for your books and here you are denying me? And You know what he said? He quoted this guy, Bertrand Russell. Another atheist, and he said he would tell God, Dawkins would tell God, sir, why did you take such pains to hide yourself? You know, you know what this guy is saying? You know, he was trying to tell God, God, if you're God, why why do you make it difficult for people to know you? That's what that's what this guy is saying. And you know, and and it's funny. This is this is what God would have said. I did not reveal myself to you because you were never looking for me, so you never found me. And let's be careful because if we don't see the glory of God, we will look for somebody else's glory. And sooner or later, we might end up not believing in God at all. Okay? And we might end up like this guy. Worse, okay, you will say something like this, I deserve respect. I deserve recognition. I'm seeking me and my glory. You know when that happens? Guys, when that happens, all hell will break loose. Many choose to remain blind. Many choose to remain blind, not seeing the glory of God. Many choose to remain blind, not seeing God's presence and power in man. The dead remains dead. The fallen fall deeper. The condemned, condemned. The troubled continue in their troubles. The desperate remain hopeless. And what do we have? Guys, we have situations like this. You're familiar with what happened, right? You know the story, right, of this guy, Lanza? Huh? He didn't like the idea that his mom was going to put him in a what? Butch? In a hospital care or a, or a psychiatric ward. You know what he did? No, I don't like that. I want glory for myself. He killed his mom and he killed his mom's children. That's what happens when we seek somebody else's glory. But how does one get to see the glory of God? This is for us. How does one, how does we get to see the glory of God? You know, I hope it will be the same for Moses as it has been, as it will be for us. In Exodus 33, the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing of which you have spoken, for I have found favor, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. And then Moses said, pray, show me your glory. You know, how does one get to see the glory of God? It's very simple. Find favor in the eyes of God. Be favorable in God's sight. In other words, just do as he says and as he please. And he will reveal his glory to you. Amen? Try to do the opposite and you will never see the glory of God. But if God is telling you to do something very small, like like love your wife unconditionally, like obey your parents as it is unto the Lord, those small things, if you cannot even do that and do it for God, don't expect to see the glory of God. But if you're willing to do it, then you will see the glory of God because you will find favor in God's sight and you will be able to see the glory of God. Christmas is all about the glory of God revealed. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me if you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Does God make it difficult for us to see him? No. All we have to do is to develop the eye to see his glory and he will reveal himself to us more and more. Jesus in us. Very simple is to make the dead live, the fallen rise, the condemned forgiven, the hurting healed, the troubled peaceful, the desperate hope. That is the glory of God. And that is what Christmas is about. When God brings about changes upon changes in our lives because He is present. I pray that we seek the glory of God and you will be changed and blessed. And may your prayer be like Moses. Lord, I pray, show me your glory. Can that be your prayer too? I hope that that will be our prayer this season, just like the Ugly Duckling story. Remember the Ugly Duckling story, huh? There was this, there was this, this duck that was, there was this egg that was placed in the nest of the ducks, and when they were all, um, they were, they were all, what happened? Hatched, okay. Uh, they were ducks, and here was this guy who looked like he didn't like look like a duck. He started to behave like a duck because he thought he was a duck. Everybody was saying, quack, quack, and he was saying, oink, oink. <laughs> was it oink, oink, or honk, honk, okay? And then, you know, he was, he, was, he was feeling down already because he felt like he didn't belong. He was feeling miserable and miserable, and he started to go from one place to another until he found the right place. And one day, he was told that he was not a duck. He was actually a swan. And when he was swimming, one day, and he actually looked at the water, he saw his reflection. And his reflection was not of an ugly duck, but of a beautiful swan. Many times we're like that. We think we're ugly ducklings. But in fact, we are beautiful creation in the image of Jesus Christ. And all we had to do is to see that when we look at ourselves, when we see the reflection of Christ in us, we will no longer become ugly ducklings, but we can become beautiful Christians as God created us to be. His glory revealed. Christmas is, becoming, is God becoming man, Jesus, Emmanuel, King, Messiah. Christmas is the glory of God revealed in Jesus, the presence of God that changes human people. Christmas is the glory of God revealed in me in you, growing in Christ's likeness If you look at yourself in the mirror, do you see Jesus? And when you start seeing Jesus, that is the glory of God. And you know what? In Colossians 127, I'll end with this. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mysterious among the Gentiles, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope. glory. Do you have the glory of God in you? Then reflect it, folks. Christmas is the glory of God revealed in me, growing in Christ's likeness. Yes, you, and I mean you. You are the true follower and disciple of Christ who keeps growing in the supreme love for God, who keeps growing in the devotion to the Word, who keeps growing in self-denial towards God and towards others, who keeps growing in Christ's likeness. Yes, you. You are the Christmas, God becoming man in you, your Christ likeness, the glory of God. Merry Christmas. Let's pray.